Episode 169, I'm going to give you some juicy nuggets on how I find bass on reservoirs, rivers, lakes, without ever leaving my home. This week, the Hellabass Bass Fishing Podcast is brought to you by Arsenal Fishing. Arsenal Fishing offers premium custom-made performance apparel and tackle. Arsenal delivers a wide variety of custom-designed baits, accessories, and tools, along with unique utilitarian apparel for all outdoor enthusiasts. As part of their support, you can use code HELLABASS15 to save 15% on all purchases at arsenalfishing.com to support the show. Now let's get back to helping you catch more bass and suck less. If you've ever been faced with a uncertain practice body of water that you haven't spent a lot of time on or new water, I'm going to cover kind of what I did to prepare for this latest river tournament and kind of break that down. So that's going to be the main topic tonight on Hellabass Live. Wednesday night, October 11th, Hellabass Live presented by Arsenal Fishing and Boosted by Powerhouse Lithium, as always. What's up, everybody in the live chat? Lots of familiar faces. Good to see everybody piling in here. But uh, that's going to be the main topic is uh, some of the sneaky stuff I do, especially on river tournaments, for researching tournaments and things I look for and give you some specific things that I look for in the fall on the river uh, doing research before I even put the boat in the water. So we're going to start setting up this tournament as everybody rolls in. I assume we sound good and look good on the YouTube, on the Facebooks, everybody, wherever you're following and watching along. Lots of members in here. Tyler, Darius, Michael, Frank, too many to name off. Tom says we look good, sound good. So we had the final... TBF Team Trail NBAA series on Mississippi River on October 9th, which was Monday. This is a rescheduled spring fling event from April, but was uh, postponed and rescheduled due to water's flood stage being too high. The parks, the ramps were all flooded out. So it got postponed till fall, which I was pretty excited about. Partner Michael was pretty excited about. If he's listening in the chat, spring can be good, but the fall, I get to think about like sand drop fish, current fish, wing dam, closing dam fish, top waters, moving baits, swim baits, things like that, where the river really, they tend to chew. Um, Nick, didn't see you down there. But so we were excited thinking like, this is going to be a fun time to go. This is a section of the river that I really like. I haven't spent a ton of time there, but I've had some success there. Uh, almost won the TBF semis there in 2018. Um, you know, lower water time of year. Pretty excited. Had some things to work around schedule-wise. Wasn't going to get a ton of practice. So I opted to actually take the Camus down there. On the Sunday before, I had one day where I didn't have some family stuff to go down basically, whatever, seven, eight days ahead of time. 
uh, drove, got up early in the morning. Pete Hare was supposed to join me, but he bailed the night before, so I ended up going solo. Otherwise, I probably would have invited somebody to go with me. Launched in 5A, Minnesota City. And uh, started, like, looking for stuff. And so I hadn't done my pre-research, we'll get to in a little bit, because I, I kind of felt like I had a, an idea what I wanted to do on 5A based on that success I had in 2018. First thing to get there, I've never seen the river this clear everywhere. Like, I've seen pockets and sections of the river that look clear. And uh, we'll, we'll get to that, Travis. We'll talk about the Camus. And uh, <clears throat> the... Anyways, out in the river and notice that things are clear. I'm in backwaters and I'm seeing like the bottom in three, four, five feet in places that I would never. I mean, like <clears throat> you'd have trouble seeing in a foot five years ago in the fall. So I was a little like, well, this is weird. This is different. Not a ton of flow, but there is some flow better than the flow we had a couple weeks ago down in pools nine and 10 for the TBF semis. So check one spot. Not much is happening. There's not much flow based on history. The next spot right next to a spot that I'd caught them. Like first cast with the top water, catch like a keeper smallie on a, on a vixen, on a custom a TK custom painted vixen, and uh, then I catch some pike on a lipless crankbait. Kind of hop around the next point, don't get bit, and I kind of hop around, and start hitting history, and uh, it's not happening. These places that were good fall like island tips, sand drops, current spots that you know traditionally I've done very well on Pool Five A, not not really happening. And uh, so hop around, hop around, scouting around, looking at weed edges. I'm picking up a fish here, some northern, some a lot of north. The northerns are chewing. Like, I don't know what it is, but between the TBF semis on pools nine and 10, two weeks prior, and this tournament, I've never seen the northerns this active on the river. And this clean water. They're just annihilating. I went through like a bunch of lipless crankbaits in the past couple weekends. Got a little expensive. Anyways, hop around, hop around. And I, and I finally land on uh, a series of wing dams in 5A where I actually get quite a few bites. Lipless cranks, Carolina rig, uh, crankbaits, things like that. See some fish, feeling pretty good. Uh, starting to like in an area that I caught them, kind of expanded some water. Nothing really awesome, but we're, we're seeing some good, like, two to almost three-pound fish, which are good river fish, and you can build off that. Uh, start running more river stuff, trying to make a little loop to get back to the ramp. I have about 10 hours to fish on that Sunday. Um, hit some wing dams, catch a couple keepers, throw it up on plane. I'm driving down the river, and all of a sudden, the motor just, like, on the Camus. It's like I pulled the kill switch. And I was like, that was weird. Because I've done that. Like, sometimes when I put my visor on the throttle, like, my kill switch will, like, wrap around that and it'll tangle and, like, get tension and, like, pop the kill switch. It's happened. <clears throat> and uh, But I look, it's still engaged. I was like, that's weird. So I take it out of gear, go to start it, it fires right up. And I was like, oh, okay. I put it in, like... Go to shift it in gear, nothing happens. Go to shift it in reverse, 
nothing happens. It's uh, not responding. So I like I'm in the main river near Fountain City, if you know where that is. Actually, I can show you guys where it happened. This will be fun. <laughs> uh, should we use uh? Let's see here. Let me find where we are here. Let's get the right section of the river. <clears throat> All right. Let's uh, present, share the screen. Tiger screen. Oh, let's bring you into the, the situation here. So I launched down here at the Verchota boat ramp. And my plan was to kind of like fish through current islands in here. And we're going to say goodbye to TikTok. And if you're watching, you can join us on YouTube. And uh, fish current, work our way out, check the bottom end of the pool down here, get out to the main river, make a loop, and then come back in the backwaters um, and get back to the landing. Kind of look at the lower end of the pool, uh, maybe run up the pool a little bit here. So in the morning, I work through here, and this is about the end of the day that I am cruising up the river right about here. And that's when we lose... Right, it's the final there. Here at the Bass Master. Well, that's not helpful. Uh, we lose the ability to propel our boat with our outboard. <laughs> uh, so I immediately throw the Ultrax in the water, put it on constant, set a heading course for like up here, because I know that this chute here can return me back. And that's where I need, like, that's the fastest way to get back to the boat ramp. <clears throat> so, and then while doing that, I'm, like, going down the river and uh, put it at, like, 7 or 8 because that's kind of more optimal where the batteries and the trolling motor run, you know, like, 9 or 10 kind of you actually burn through uh, energy faster in your batteries. Um, then uh, pop the cowling off. I look and I can see the linkage is moving. When I move the shifter, the linkage does move. So it's not like I just something simple where like a little, you know, the cable popped off or something like that on the on the on the Mercury. Anyways, nothing I can figure out on this new outboard is like way different than my old Optimax as far as like it's all plastic. You can't really see anything. <laughs> There's not. Uh, um, so let it idle for a little bit to kind of let the the run and guns kick in looked at my app on my powerhouse i had about 40 percent left on my my dual 36 volt batteries at this point i it's like two hours before it's going to get two and a half hours where it's going to get dark <clears throat> i figure i have enough juice to make it as the crow flies it was like three miles i probably went over four miles but i basically trolling motored from here all the way down this chute came out here Cut through here, came all the way down to here, and then went to there. 
And the powerhouses got me from here all the way down here, through here, over here, and through there. <laughs> so testament to the powerhouse lithiums for uh, saving my butt. I probably could have got a tow. There was other people in the river, but um, did a little fishing, threw a swim jig a bunch with troll motor on seven or eight, covered a lot of water, caught a few small bass, caught some pike. Uh, but that, uh, so anyways, Monday morning, I kind of definitely lost a couple hours of practice there. Uh, brought the boat into Intune on uh, Monday morning, dropped it off. They ended up looking at it on Tuesday. Anyways, there were some internal issues covered by warranty. Basically, the uh, the drive shaft snapped, and I never hit anything. So, but uh, it will get covered. Intune has done an amazing job going out of their way to like get this thing like figured out. <clears throat> uh, but going back and forth with Mercury, it takes time, process. Now we have to wait to see how long it's going to get to get uh, parts, things like that. So. No chance the Camus is going to be ready for the tournament. It's probably going to be out a couple weeks for sure. Clay just got himself a, a 99 Bass Cat. That's a nice little project you got there, Clay. That sounds awesome. Uh, <clears throat> anyways, so going to mode, calling around, checking with buddies. Good buddy Bill, you've seen on the channel. He's often here in the chat. Uh, let me use his Phoenix. He wasn't super excited about letting me use this Phoenix. I think if I wasn't fishing the river, he wouldn't have thought twice. But being that it was the Mississippi River, he was a little apprehensive. But uh, uh, anyways, we worked it out. He was able to borrow it, switched out a couple of his helixes. Uh, <clears throat> um, things like that. So I spent Friday night swapping things out in the boat, getting my tackle in there. I had to drive actually Friday morning. I'd drive up to Intune because I was not smart enough to take my stuff out of my boat because I didn't know what it was at the time. I was like delusional thinking it was going to be ready. So a lot of time spent. Um, but Wednesday or Thursday night, I actually put in some time doing some research uh, to give myself a little more. The new practice is going to be cut short, and I wasn't going to be running around as much and as fast with Bill's boat on the river and not taking as many chances. I was going to uh, uh, be a little more careful with somebody else's boat. So I need to be more efficient with my time on the river. Um, I never hit anything on that that prop. They just threw those ears on their own. Those actually, those props got warrantied. Intune got those warrantied for me through Mercury. So that was not a case of hitting anything either. Uh, his prop, spoiler alert, Bill's boat survived. It's in great condition. I actually shined it up today. It's looking good. Gave it a bath, vacuumed it, uh, put vinyl conditioner on the seats, wiped it all down, put boat wax on it. So, um, so anyways, let's talk about so with I know the shortened practice and being split between two pools, we we're going to take out a pool six. Um, and I like to fish pool five A. So 
but I, I had a, you know, my 5A practice wasn't real great. Michael was able to take his little uh, C-Nymph tin ring down on Friday. And he found some fish, but it wasn't still nothing like super exciting. So we'll talk about what I did here. So a couple things. So I guess let's just set the stage here. Like this time of year, as we get into September, I mean, even late August, this can start. But once we get into September and October, as much as I love to throw a frog on the Mississippi River, to me, the fish are starting to leave the weeds. The weeds are dying. Not saying you can't catch them, but to me, the most dependable fish and having the fish coming to you, I like to fish current rocks, current sand drops. Those are the things I'm looking for. So the good news is some of that stuff you can do a lot of research to find online. Island tips, things like that. <clears throat> um, and a couple things that I like to use here. So before we get into the super nitty-gritty details, we're going to have a quick word from the Dream Team. Are you ready to reel in your next home purchase or refinance? Supreme Lending's Dream Team can help guide you through the entire mortgage process, from pre-qualification to closing. We have a wide variety of home loan programs in our tackle box, including down payment assistance and first-time homebuyer options. You can ask Hella Bass. He trusted us to help finance his home. Contact the Dream Team today by searching Supreme Lending Dream Team or click the link below in the description or scan the QR code on your screen. We're back. Thanks for the quick team. And actually, Aaron from the Dream Team was absolutely going to let me use his boat but he was using it for the St. Jude tournament. So uh, Aaron's a super good dude. And so if you ever in the, where you're looking for a new house or a new property or a new house with a bigger garage for your toys and your boat, uh, look up the dream team. But uh, anyways, back to the, uh, so what did I do? Uh, let's uh, that with that. All right, let's get back to, all right. So two things I like to use. Navionics web app, which is completely free. I know some of you probably have some of this on your phone as well. Um, things like that. There's a couple things here that I like to note. Um, interestingly enough, so I don't know if you guys ever known this, but this little button down here, you can switch between Navionics and Sonar charts. So I don't know if you noticed here, but let's look at this backwater section right here. Um, if you just have it on the regular Navionics, you get nothing. But if you click this little button here and click Sonar Charts, look at that. Look at those contours that now, in my understanding of Sonar Charts, this is the stuff that comes from people driving around and uploading their information to the cloud. So this is more the user data. So... Um, pretty big difference and depending on the lake you're on or the river or the section you're looking at if you don't go down and click that button you could be missing a whole lot of information that is very useful um uh, navigation deep water different things like that um so that's a that's a good tip 
Uh, it was a solid two hours on the troller. But, uh, so, uh, the other nice thing about Navionics, it does show you a lot of wing nams, um, things like that. You see a lot of the, the Corps of Engineers rocks. Here's some closing dams on these channels, which are important for both navigation, but also for fish holding structure. It shows you a lot of the buoys. So there's a lot you can learn, whether you're familiar with a pool or not. Um, so like even, let's see here, top of the pool, right? Another section here, Navionics shows you nothing. Sonar charts shows you that there's potentially a pretty runnable section of river here for you to navigate um, in a boat. So, then I mix that with Google Earth. So, downloading Google Earth. And then when you, when you, there's a web version that's okay, but the key is to download, right? Then you can look at it at different times of the year and different uh, conditions. So depending on what you're looking at, uh, you, you, you know, what you're looking at, you may want to look at low, you may want to look at high, depending on what you're looking at. You may want to look at times of year where there's a lot of vegetation. You know, if, if it's a summertime and you're trying to find out like where potentially, um, you know, slop grows and things like that, you may look at a time like this where you're going to see a lot of the pads and duckweed and things like that. If like me, I was looking at more from a, uh, <clears throat> you know, late fall drawdown, I'm looking for sand drops, things like that jump out pretty quick, right? So like at these low water times, you start to see where these sand pile ups. Now this is 2021 and we're fishing in 2023, but you can start to see potential areas where these things uh, manifest here. And these are things that you can mark and then try to go back and find. Like here is a pretty classic where you've got this chute and it piles all this sand but then it looks like there's a pretty sharp drop. And this is not one that I actually fished, but this is one that I'd probably want to go back and look at someday. I mainly did most of this research on pool six. Um, but what you can, so here I have this pool six folder, but I could definitely create a new folder here for next time. Let's say I want to, uh, Maybe I should have done some of this. Maybe I would have found uh so pool five A. We'll create a new folder. Oh, what happened there? That's not what I wanted to do. Yeah. Let's see here. Try again. Add no. Add folder. 5A. All right, there we go. We've got a folder now. So you can toggle them on and off. So 
what I can do here now, I can click this little yellow pin here and I could put it approximately, and I could put multiple ones there, but I might say SD1, sand drop one. Um, so what I can do is I can go through, I may also look at, you know, this is a pretty good spot here, but I could just for sake of demonstration, uh, you know, rock point one, move this to here because I see that there's some, you know, and I go back and look at uh, Navionics, find that same location on the map. Let's see here, it's right here. So I can see that here's that rock. They don't really show the rock wall all that great here, but it is right here. And there's some deep water off this point where these buoys come in. Then I can go back and look at Google Earth, show that there is depth there. Um, <clears throat> so then basically I'm creating a list of waypoints that I can use and I can transfer to my Hummingbird, Navy, or uh, Lawrence, Garmin, whatever you got. There's some different processes on how you do that, but you can export these files. Um, so different times of the year, you could be looking at different things. You could be looking for grass edges. You could be looking for pads. You could be looking for deep water holes, uh, things like that on the river. All depends on what you're looking for. Um, so then you can see. So I did most of my research on pool six, and I can toggle these on and off. But now you can see those are all the pins I dropped for different things on pool six. And that allows me to be a lot more efficient to run and gun uh, and look for these things versus just aimlessly wandering around. All I mean, like I think Clay said it earlier, like I'd be lost on that beast. There's endless amounts of water to just, and, and some of it you can run, some of them you can't. Um, but by doing this research, you can figure out where you can run more safely, at least put the odds in your favor, or at least um, know what you're looking for and what you want to go versus just aimlessly, you know, here's some sand drops where you can see that I potentially marked. These ones I end up not getting around to and checking. But the long story short is of these pins here, two or three of them really paid off and it's where we caught most of our fish in the tournament. Now, some of these ended up being nothing and I ended up deleting them. They didn't exist. They didn't, I couldn't get to them. This one actually looked really good, but I couldn't have figured out a way to get back in there. Um, when I went through here, it was too shallow to go up. It was too shallow to come in from the top. So some of them either are too shallow or they didn't exist or I couldn't find them. Uh, they moved, things like that. But uh, but basically, if you're, I think if you're, basically what you do is you right click on this and save place as and depending on what file you're using i think you have to go kml for birds and i'm not sure what the process is for uh lawrence and garmin but then you have to convert the kml there's like a free kml to gpx or something like that converter online and then you have to put the gpx into the hummingbird pc software it's like a five-step process and then you load it to a card then you can drop the card into your thing and upload those waypoints i think there's less steps you don't think you have to convert as many things i think you can just convert to gpx and then put it into your lawrence something like that but that's the gist of it 
And you can do this on, you know, a lot of different things. Um, you know, we have a tournament coming up Saturday on a lake. The Arsenal Fall Brawl is on <clears throat> North South Center, which I believe is this one right here. Um, so between, you know, if there was something that I wanted to find, you know, if I was, you know, wanted to fish late fall, if there was a series of docks I wanted to look at, or I wanted to look at these shallow pad bays, things like that, uh, you know, there's features on this lake. If I want to explore, you know, I could go ahead and label those and drop those into my unit. I'm not going to practice at all. So if I had an idea of what I wanted to do, right, I could mark things on this map, drop them in, and explore those things in the tournament. A lot of people like to do this with down south reservoirs where you get a lot of um variation so we could look for a time when the water was maybe really low if that exists on this body of water there's where it's iced over <laughs> let's see here you get this long point that trickles into the water here you know we could look at that at different stages so like at this watermark you don't get a lot of detail but different years, you can see that this point actually extends quite a bit, and there's different levels of vegetation on this um, structure. And, you know, maybe you can, over the years, you can see where pads do or not grow, different vegetation. So, like, here in this particular shot, I can see there's a pretty good thick grass line out here. Um, so, sometimes you can see where boats are. Taking an idea of like where it's deep enough to run, things like that. You can look for inlets, culverts, where things connect to the lake. You know, you know, this doesn't appear to connect, but right, you've got this body of water here. You know, what if there was a little culvert? Maybe that would be a sneaky place for you to, you know, to look around. You know, same thing here. Is there a culvert under this road? Doesn't appear there is. You know, do your, your Keith Pochet, John Cox stuff. So here's a little pass-through bridge. You got a little neck-down area. Now this is, you can get to both sides of this by boat, but maybe this creates a current situation if you have a strong north wind. Yeah, Pochet could absolutely jump that for sure. Places uh, when the water was trying to low when I went there. And it depends, you know, some things do move. If it's like sand or clay, those things. Uh, yeah, some things newer reservoirs you can actually look at before they were flooded. That's not really a thing up where I live for the most part. Yep, sandbars, sand points, sand drops, they move for sure. But still... Even if you hit on 20% of them, it's still a lot. I find that it was pretty, act well, the sand drops move, but it gets close enough. Usually you can see them <clears throat> when I get there. 
Um, and if I find it doesn't exist or it's gone or it's moved, I will delete the waypoints on my graph. Um, sometimes I'll leave them if I think, oh, if the water's higher, it would be better and it still might be there. But um, so I try to edit the waypoints kind of live. Uh, what's up, AJ? So that's that's kind of the gist of the that. And then, you know, mixing in now with some of the lake reports from Omnia and some of the premium apps, you know, the, the premium Omnium Premium Pro, looking at some of those layers of vegetation and things like that, uh, that can all be good as well. So there's a lot of tools at one's disposal uh, for lake research. And, and I really I do it more on the river than anywhere. Um, I like to look at lakes and get a good general gist of it. I don't, I don't tend to mark a lot of waypoints on at least these northern natural lakes, but you definitely could. Um, but if I go down south to these reservoirs, when I go to the Watchtower River, when I went to Pickwick, when I went to, you know, I go to New Pools on Mississippi River or Reach, you know, that, that's where I spend a lot of time pre-populating my graphs with uh, information to to hunt down. Um, and actually, I found when I do this, I usually have pretty good tournaments. So maybe I need to do it more often. Um, so fast forward to the actual practice. I get there. So I went to my girl, my daughter's soccer game in Hastings on Saturday morning. Didn't end up leaving there till 11. Maybe it was almost noon. Didn't get on the water till like 2 o'clock. Launched in pool 6. Started running some things. Things weren't, you know, couldn't get to them. They were too shallow. Um, got into an area where I marked something. And uh, it ended up being uh, different. Actually, the sand drop was there it had shifted a little bit but it also got me in a location where i ended up fishing a closing dam and i did catch a fish on the sand drop that i marked but then i went out to the island tip and i'll throw my lipless crankbait and uh like and this is probably like 4 30 5 o'clock and i've been out there a couple hours caught a couple of fish nothing too exciting and uh like throw out the lipless and it loads up for like a second and pops off. I was like, oh man, that, I don't know. Was that a bass? Was that a walleye? What was it? Is it a northern? They're super active. Next cast, catch a three and a half pound smallie. And I was like, nice. So that was like two bites. I was like, that other one was probably a smallie. <clears throat> and uh, so then I just pick up a top water because top water is usually good this time of year. And just start going down the rest of that that wing dam, and I have a largemouth come up and like, or I have a bass, another bass or fish come up and grab it, and I get to the surface and it's like a three pound largemouth. He shakes off, and I'm like, nice, we're we're out of here, you know, beep beep, come back here. So I had a sand drop just down, and then we have this wing dam, three bites or at four bites, saw three bass, feeling pretty good. That that was a you know probably the best like size and concentration of fish I saw on that first saturday night had a couple other bites in the pool kind of sporadic kind of checked some other stuff that looked good didn't pay off um got stuck on the sand a little bit <laughs> trying to idle over some island points right before dark had to get out and push myself off the sand uh, as it got dark uh 
and then uh, got up early, was up on pool 5A, where I really thought we were going to fish, um, started running stuff, checking stuff, wasn't happening. I was not getting hardly any bites. I almost lost one of my custom TK Vixens. I had a fish on a wing dam come up and eat it. And I don't know if it was a pike that hit in front of my bait or a, a bass or whatever it was that grabbed it and then just pulled it across some zebra mussels, but it like broke off like instantly. And I was like, oh man, this lost one of my custom OG Vixen custom paints. But I looked around and it floated back up. So I was able to recover it. Crisis averted. So I still have it. Tied it back up. And uh, fished around that morning. Fished around not many bites. Lost a couple more lipless crankbaits to pike. Picked Michael up at like 9.45. We caught a couple fish. Checked some things. Really wasn't happening. Went and rechecked a couple of those like really key wing dams that I thought were the best stuff I found the Sunday before. And I caught like one barely keeper smallmouth. And I was like, hmm. So, like, I don't know, one, one o'clock, we pulled the plug, went down to pool six, started running the rest of the, the pins and dots. Uh, we checked a couple island points. And then the very first one that I pulled up on, we catch a couple shorts, and I get a nice, solid keeper on a jerkbait on a sand drop. Um, and I was like, nice, homework paid off. Like, found some fish the first night. Like, first dot that I went and found uh, paid off, looked good. So I was like, all right, maybe we can make this sixth thing work. Uh, on my Vixens, Travis, I like, like, 40-pound braid with, like, a 10, 12-inch, 17- to 20-pound mono leader. Um, so then these other sand drops we had were, like, further back in the backwater, so... Uh, we ran a little bit, but then I started like idling around because I wanted to be safe in Bill's boat. Um, and uh, a lot of misses in a row weren't finding anything, they weren't there, they were too shallow, you know, they were dry, things like that. Um, but then finally, and we had caught a few fish but nothing that I could pin down that I'd really want to go to. And then finally we pull up on this one that looks really good and didn't get bit. I kind of ran over part of with the troll motor, but then I had like one fish, like a decent looking, I couldn't tell whether it was a small mouth or a large mouth, but a pretty good sized bass followed my lipless up to the boat. And then I think Michael caught a short. And I was like, you know what? We didn't catch him here, but the wind's going to blow harder. The current's going to rip over this harder tomorrow. I think this is worth coming back to. And it wasn't a place that I felt like we could safely run back in there and get there pretty quick. So starting to run out of time. We peck around a little more. We had to be off the water by six. And uh, so we ended up with finding, basically finding two spots that night. And I found like one or two spots on the first day. Uh, so we decide we're going all in on six. It wasn't worth locking up. We run straight to that first spot we found, which was a sand drop and a little bend. And we get there in the morning and we catch a couple shorts. We actually catch like five, six shorts, but nothing close to measure. We caught both smallmouth and largemouth. And I was like really surprised they weren't there. 
But we thought, well, maybe when the, the wind picks up, it'll push better. We'll come back here later in the day. So we hit a couple other random things, kind of more obvious, like main river current stuff on the way down to where I had that those better fish. Michael caught a good one on a top water, like a two-pound smallie that, you know, probably 45 minutes in. It basically was our second stop. Uh, so we had one fish in the box. And then we uh, make our way down to where I thought our best chance of catching a good bag was. And we literally, like, didn't didn't catch anything had like one nibble and we spent a lot of time fishing around fishing the closing dam fishing the grass fishing the sand drops adjacent wing dams hoping that we'd run into them where they moved didn't happen so then we run to that last spot well we work our way back up i hit a couple more obvious things and things that i thought looked really good in tournament that i thought should pay off but they didn't they didn't really work so we get to this uh this this backwater sand drop and I decided the water's so clear, I'm going to fish a jerk bait. The lipless bite didn't really seem to be this great with the super clear water. And uh, we're fishing down, fishing down, like covering like a deep, this is a pretty good sized sand drop. It's got like a curve to it and a couple bends. And like it's the fishable sand drop is probably mm, 200 yards long with a couple bends in it. Um, and so right about when I get to the point where uh, I had that follow, I hook up on a fish. Catch like a two pound, you know, 15, 16 inch largemouth on the on the, uh, the jerk bait. Throwing a, a, a regular diving rearrange uh, in kind of a, a chromish shad color. Number two, but this time it's probably like... By the time we get to here at this point in the day, it's probably 10.30. Like, a lot of time has elapsed to get that second keeper after having the first one at 7.45. And uh, we catch, and I catch a short or one that's maybe like 13 and 7 eighths. I don't remember. Like, I catch some short fish. Michael catches some short fish. We work our way all the way to one end. I have a look like a pot of fish followed up. And, and I thought I saw a keeper there. Uh, we could go back the other way, get on the other corner of the sand drop, a little further up from where we started, and I catch, like, I don't know, eight fish in a row. One almost measures. With that one, there was one following it, and I was like, man, this is... So then we work our way up that past that. It kind of gets shallow and weedy. Come back the other way. I put on the uh, the silent three-hook Dreamwalker. And I actually catch our third fish today, a long, skinny smallmouth. So now we have three fish, and it's like 11.30. And I was like, man, like, I don't know what to do. Like, I mean, we need bigger fish. We need more fish. But, like, part of me is like, I don't want to leave fish to find fish. Like, this is by far the biggest concentration of bites we've had all day. And, uh, and the wind's starting to pick up. And so I pick up a chatterbait. Start moving down this, and I actually catch a nice, like, two-and-a-half-pound largemouth. That's number four. And I was like, all right. So I'm like, I'm kind of, like, feeling like, okay, maybe we can go try run some new stuff at this point. We can probably pick up a fifth fish somewhere. We need bigger fish anyways. So make one more pass down. Uh, and, and this will make a pretty good clip in the video, I think. Uh, like, I, I'm, like... Down towards the other end where I had like had that follow on the jerk bait and I'm slow rolling the chatterbait and I see something follow it and I just like pause and the fish kind of like comes up 
grabs the chatterbait, just like holding it next to the boat. And I just like lift and swing and he flies off and hits Michael basically in the back and falls in the bottom of the boat. 14 and 8th, number 5. Nice. Um, so like we, we fished a little bit more and they're like, all right, we decided, let's go run. We'll go fish some of those sand drops on the lower end of the pool or the things that I marked. We'll just go explore. We'll try some things. So when we left there, it was like 1230. So we gave it probably an hour checking other stuff down the pool. Um, ended up catching two or three smallies on a bladed jig. None of them would keep or they kept. They just wouldn't help. Uh, yeah, that's our insert, uh, five bass limit. That's right. Um, but things have been tough and I'm like, uh, there's some locals in the tournament that are definitely going to catch them, but I'm like, I don't know. I think there's going to be some guys that are going to struggle in this tournament. And at this point we're, we're fishing for a check. We want to fish to win. We were second in team of the year points. Uh, we were hoping to close that gap and, and, and win team of the year. So, you know, we were very focused in this tournament and so we run some new, so we were willing to gamble because we knew we needed some bigger fish to like, if we were going to have a chance to win, we needed to get some three pounders. So we ran some new water that we had in practice versus like rerunning stuff right away. Um, caught, like I said, a couple keeper smallmouth that wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't weigh more than the, the keeper largemouth. They were just long and skinny. Uh, revisit. The, uh, the sand drop in the wing dam where I thought it was going to go down, fished it much quicker. I ended up, did get a nice, like long, healthy, not, not, it's kind of long, good looking smallmouth on a lipless crank on that wing dam, but he was way skinnier than the ones I caught in practice. Like he was not, I mean, he definitely culled that squeaker largemouth, um, but you know, he still was only two something. He wasn't the three plus pounders that were there in practice. Tried to slow down, tried a bunch of things, tried Carolina rig, tried jerk baiting, tried different angles. Uh, and uh, anyways, so then we like, all right, we ran back, tried the, 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 the limit spot, caught a couple of fish there. None of them helped. Then we returned that the, the starting spot. Um, <clears throat> the wind is whipping around the corner. There's a little more movement there. Um, and we start catching fish pretty quickly, but they're short. And then I, I catch one on a jerk bait. That's like a 14 and a half. It, uh, I think it gets rid of that skinny topwater smallmouth. Um, or maybe it, maybe it calls the 14 and I don't remember exactly how it all worked, but it was a small upgrade. I got rid of one of the one of the fish. It was it was maybe I had to beam it. It was probably an ounce upgrade. Um, to my knowledge, Bob is the only one that was hit by a lure this year. Yeah, things are going your way when you swing a fish in the air and it falls in the boat, for sure. So we re then we catch a few more fish. We see some fish following. Like Michael catches a short, and there was a better one following it. I tried to like drop a little Kitek on its head, didn't didn't follow. Um, 
I remember what I was doing. Then Michael hooks like, anyways, long story short, we're catching shorts. Michael catches a pretty good one on a jerk bait. It's like three pounds. That was like a nice call, like a solid pound call. Um, I hit AJ. I don't remember that. Sounds like a love tap. Um, and then we're trying to grind it out. We're running out of time. We had one other spot that I kind of had saw the, the spot that I got hung up on <laughs> in practice idling. I wanted to go back and chest that sand drop, but we were like still getting bites there and uh, getting some follows. Yeah, I didn't wasn't feeling. <laughs> I don't know. The bite was tough. I just couldn't. I wasn't prepared to like bring out a a a, a glide bait. And uh, anyway, so then we go back up to the other side of it where the wind's whipping a little bit. And the tricky thing up there was like this big overhanging tree that was kind of in the way and there was like grass hanging out of it and like a bunch of like floating grass and duckweed had kept blowing through there. So you couldn't really fish the top of this sand point like you'd want to. Anyways, I catch a short and when I see it coming in, there's like a wolf pack of like decent good keepers. And I was like, man, why wouldn't one of those ones eat? And then so like we only have like five or ten minutes left and we're trying to work our jerk baits through there. And we keep seeing the fish and I have my jerk bait like come out and there's a little piece of grass hanging on it. But I can just see like these fish like right below it staring at it. And I just fiasco. We couldn't catch any of them, but they were all like good fish. And they probably would have called at least two or three of the fish that were in our bag. But we had to we had to go. There was a, a it was like we had to be in at three and it was like two fifty two when we left there we had to like maybe i don't know it was really late and when we had an idle and no wake zone and all this stuff so it was exciting till the end probably should have got to the top of that point a little bit i don't know a little bit of time management could have made that go a whole lot better we ended up with 12 pounds and change the big fish that we had was three and a quarter that was the last one so michael got us started with the first keeper and the last call uh, that put us in fourth place. We got a check. We basically were the top finishing team that weren't the local jackpotters in the tournament. So we beat all the regulars in the, the team series. But with drops, we ended up staying in second team of the year. Uh, it was looked it up. The, the Neil and Neil, congrats to them. They won team of the year based on the rules and the drops. Um, I mean, last year we got a prize for like fourth and team of the year and we skipped the tournament. So last year the drops worked in our favor. This year the drops worked against us. I think our drop tournament was an eighth place and their drop tournament was a 19th. So, and they ended up beating us by three points with the drop. So, but all of that not possible if I don't do the Google map study, I don't think we get on those fish and we probably have a pretty bad tournament if I'm being honest. <clears throat> so that's the, the story of the, uh, and Bill's boat survived. Um, and, uh, Bill was gracious enough after I cleaned it up and washed it today and shined it up to let me use it Saturday on North South center in the Arsenal fall brawl. So one last turn, that's probably the last tournament considering that, I'm not sure when the Camus will be ready to to join us again. So Intune's doing all they can, but they can only do what they can when they get parts. So we'll see. Uh, so that might be the last tournament on Saturday. A lot of me rambling. What the, what does the chat have to say? Greg lost a rattle trap. That's a bummer. 
Yeah, it's nice when you can't make all the tournaments. When you fish them all, then you don't like the drop. But Trevor said he's found the Omnia Premium Pro mapping to be pretty helpful as a kayak angler. Yeah, as odd as it sounds, researching uh, on the computer, your phone apps can definitely create a where you're catching more fish while you're on the water. Hmm. That's weird. I wonder if it was just older data, Clay, where it was consistently off. Hmm. Or maybe that was just 08 satellites. Maybe when you're going back that far, the satellites were just off. Because I know there was a time where they, like, didn't they, the the, the military or something like that, and intentionally keep them slightly off for some reason? Imagine elite drop. Um, did they do that in the COVID year? I think they did in the COVID year, just figuring people would probably miss a tournament. But I think that's the only year they did that. <clears throat> oh, let's see here. Uh, we do have the new Omnia code. Uh, OMHB23 OCT. For those that still need some fall fishing goodies. The Arsenal code's still working. Uh, I do like the... Uh, the, the Arsenal glove uh, for the fall. They're not only to protect your hands from UV rays, but they're just warm enough to keep the edge off, I find, in the fall. So, uh, the other thing is, like, uh, you can use a little Arsenal bands to, like, keep your Kytex on your hook. Uh, I've been using the same Kytex since five fishing days ago that, uh, that uh, TK rigged in June. And it's still on the same head on the same bait. So uh, if you don't like burning through KTEX at a high rate of speed, uh, I've caught probably one that I've caught probably 15 or 20 fish on using a little band to keep it on. Yeah, there was like four guys huddled around a laptop at the end of the day cramming to figure it out uh, with the drop. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It seems like Omnia doesn't like to keep things uh, from Arsenal in stock. I don't know what that's all about. There you go. Greg just used it to replace his trap and a few other things. Glad to help you out. Much appreciated, Greg. I do have a bunch of tournament videos to get out, and that is on my radar, but I have been trying to be more present with my kids' sports. And with my daughter being in JV and also participating in varsity soccer, it's taken up a ton of time, but there are tournament videos coming. Not as fast as I want. If you do know a young up and coming uh, video editor, have them contact me on IG or Facebook or something, because I do want to hire somebody that is motivated to do uh, video editing. I want to create a partnership with a young editor that wants to learn some of the ropes and maybe get out and do some fishing. Uh, and I will pay them. Um, but I need to find the right person for that so that I can get you guys content faster, hopefully make better videos and just get more content out. Um, and then I can have more life balance at home with the family 
Um, absolutely gator. So, but uh, when I'm not fishing on the weekends, when the water freezes, I'll definitely get caught up on that. And I just, I want a better system going into next year where I have somebody that can help me with the tournament videos so we can get them out in a timely fashion. So that's the plan. And then I can still do the fantasy videos and the live streams and the little like talking head tip videos. But the, the big time suck of the tournament videos, I can hire that out. It could be young females as well that are interested in outdoor video editing, fishing content as well. Let's not, let's not limit it to just young men. I'm thinking like high school anglers, college anglers looking to make some extra cash. People that have time on their hands to learn, things like that. Not people like myself that are old and slow and have day jobs and obligations and their own kids and sports and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, the weights overall were tough. Uh, <clears throat> Wyatt Stout and Bart. Uh, Bart went to college there. Wyatt lives down there. They had 17 pounds. They made it look real easy, but they said it didn't come that easy for them. And then even Randy Wachorek and the other local... They only had like 13 pounds and 12 just below us. So like, it wasn't like an amazing, I thought it was gonna, like, when I envisioned the fall tournament, it was like, you start to think of like the fall and the river, you're thinking like, man, how are we going to, uh, you know, shake those two, two and a half pounders off our Vixens and shower blows so that we can get to the three and four pounders. <clears throat> uh, that's uh, like what I envisioned. But what else is I don't I didn't have a lot else on the agenda. We got the final tournament for the open starts tomorrow. Uh, Clay has guaranteed us that Ben Milliken will not make the elites, I believe, based on where he's at. Right, Clay? Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, George, this was uh, take out six. So it was five, a six and seven. There were a couple people that went down to seven. There was definitely people that went up to five, a. Uh, and I don't know how many people stayed in six, but but uh, yeah, I think there's like four or five guys that are pretty much locked in. Like, there's like three guys, two or three guys don't have to even catch a fish. There's another two or three guys, if they catch a fish, they're probably in the elites. And then basically, those last two or three spots are up for grabs. And there's probably five or ten people that have a shot at catching them. Spooky spooks dropping tomorrow on Horseshoe Customs. Is that what we're talking about? Watch the uh, the Horseshoe Customs Instagram to get the uh, the scoop. I imagine AJ. I'll try to repost it to my IG story as well. I think Bobby does pull it off. He only has to make up a handful of points. In a couple spots. He's in, what, 15th? So, I mean, I think if he can get a top 10, he makes it happen. I think he has a really good chance. And there's a couple other people. But there's really only about... The thing is, like, it's not the points separation for some of these guys. The fact that there's really only about three, four guys that can even fall out at this point. And if you start 
getting farther back than 15th, then you also have to have 11 through 15 falter, right? There are guys, I mean, in theory, Ben Milliken could win the tournament. And if guys in front of him just catch him okay, he can't can't pass him. Yeah, the pools basically are the sections between the, the locks. Yeah, so pool two is like St. Paul. Pool four is Wabasha. Pool seven and eight is lacrosse. Um, and so on and so forth down. And then like, I think like Fort Madison, Iowa, where the elites were, so it was like 18, 19, something like that. So I don't know how many total pools are. I don't know what, it, like if they still go that way when you get down to like Memphis and New Orleans and all that stuff, I'm not sure how that works. Yeah. Sam George right there. Man. Somebody hacked your account, Malone. Yeah, that's the thing is like, there are some good dudes that you don't want to see fall out, but there's going to be some turnover for sure. So follow along on Bassmaster.com tomorrow. See what uh, your favorite anglers are doing. And it should be live on FS1 on Saturday. I'll be fishing the Arsenal Fall Brawl, so I won't be watching it. Going to try to get my jig on. Jigs for pigs. Hopefully they really start to chew here pretty soon. What do you think? Are we saying, what do we think the big bag at the open is? I think somebody gets a 27, 28-pound bag at Harris. The Bass Nation Championship is next week. That is... Where is that? Hartwell? Yeah, Hartwell. Big bass, mm, nine pounder. Some will catch a nine. That's my prediction. They had a couple of hook setters, Jay Swanson and Miles, I think. Are representing Minnesota at the Bass Nation Championship. I know Adam Hammond, who went from Iowa, is going. He went to uh, the Watchtower River when I was there. Oh, Clay thinks I'm spot on. Thanks, Clay. Clay's so active on BTL, he gets free stuff now just by commenting. He's so big. Oh. What else do we need to talk about? Any other questions? I should do more show prep. Hmm. What do we have here? 50 some people hanging out. You would think people would know how to practice for a Bassmaster Open by now, but maybe not. Tamander says only 7.9 on the big bass. We should have AJ on some week so he can tell us his big, big life news. <clears throat> Mm 
I feel like Harris is a really interesting dynamic place to finish up the season being that you have like, what is it like eight or nine lakes and all those canals and locks and it can really like your tournament can really be made or broken based on where you decide to fish the first day. Thanks for stopping in, Clay. We probably aren't going to go real late tonight. We had a late start. I don't know. We're just over an hour. People don't have questions. We might wrap this up, keep her tight, get some stuff done. Uh, maybe edit some videos before I go to bed. That'd be a novel idea. Do have a little bit of a little juice in the in the cup to finish, though. Tom says, uh, down by St. Louis is Lock and Dam 27. Canning, that's the announcement you'd like to make, AJ? Got it. Michael Bradley, yeah, it's going to be chilly this weekend. 10-day forecast doesn't look all that amazing, but that is pretty typical for uh, Minnesota, to be honest. Why is PB&J so dominant in the Ozarks? I don't know, but I don't have a lot of confidence in PB&J. I know there's a lot of people that love it. There's people think it's overrated. People think that it's awful, but I have not caught a ton of fish on PB&J. Um, so Bill's boat, I want to say, is a 2013 uh, 20, what is it? XP Pro. Does that sound right? It's quick. It's uh it builds boat is a nice boat. And uh it was pretty calm on the river. There wasn't a lot of waves. So but Bill's boat is a nice boat. It is definitely I would say his boat is a little I noticed a couple things. When I put it in the garage, I think it's narrower than my Camus. It doesn't sit as high as on the trailer. Um so I think it's more shaped like a 721, if that makes sense. But a 20-footer, it scoots. Like, I didn't really, like, hammer on his boat. I got up to about 69 and just, like, felt like there was more there on morning takeoff. Definitely quick. Um, but there's a lot of things I like. The one thing I don't like about his boat is the situation of the uh, the oil reservoir fill. It's right next to the carpet. So if you have any kind of burp or spill or uh, malfunction or funnel mishap, you're going to get oil on your carpet. Um, overall, I like the way that it's set up for most things. There's a lot of nice features. The older boats don't have as many cup holders, uh, but the tackle organization I like. Uh, I would probably take out the rod tubes in his uh, the port side rod locker. <clears throat> but overall, uh, I really like fishing out of the boat. It's it's, uh, it's good. Um, AJ says PBJ is a scam. I definitely think that a a, a teen year. 20 XP or whatever they are, it would be a really good boat to have for sure. Um, 
I don't know. I don't. Uh, they caught all largemouth. They spent a fair amount of time fishing smallmouth, but they had all largemouth. I kind of feel like they were mostly running uh, Wyatt's stuff. Um, so I don't think I don't know what I don't know what Bart was doing in the St. Jude, and I don't know necessarily what they were fishing. They caught half their fish in five, three and five A, and two and six. Um, Hackney says throw PB and J in the morning, always in the morning. Yeah, I didn't really let her rip. I just, I put on my river prop, which has got a few dings in it. So I didn't really want to like just crank it up. Didn't want to put any stress on his lower unit. So I just, uh, um, yeah, kept it pretty tame. I was mainly cruising around the river. Uh, there's really no age lost in tackle. I'm lower looking for somebody that's ambitious, that has a little bit of skill in editing, and that would like to make some side money doing editing. So there's no age, but just somebody that can like commit to like, <clears throat> if I gave, here's going to be the, uh, I have a 10 tournament video season, come up with a 10 tournament contract. Here are the dates. If I get you the footage by this day, you need to commit to having the video edited, you know, within whatever we agree upon, you know, five, six business days, um, that kind of stuff. So somebody that has that flexibility and time that could do that kind of stuff. I think you should can some asparagus, AJ. But if interested or know somebody that's interested, Lost in Tackle, send me a note on uh, Facebook or Instagram. We can talk. I'm so behind on my editing this year, we could probably start it this year and, and do some testing. Uh, I have... I fished the spinning reel briefly i tested it out and then i gave it away um and i think darius i don't know if you ever used that spinning reel or if you just passed it on but i think darius you were the winner of the spinning reel does that sound right um it was fine it was nothing super exciting it's decent reel decent good reel for 100 bucks i think um and then i still have the the bait, one of the bait casters on my topwater rod that I throw poppers on. I have it on a Fury. It it's a long casting reel. They're smooth. I would say that I actually have to crank up the brakes more on that Dobbins reel to tame it in than some of my other stuff. <laughs> um, but I mean, for hundred bucks, solid reel. I'm not going to pretend like it's the greatest $100 reel in the world, but like it's in the conversation with the Fuego and the SLX and some of those for sure. Um, uh, Facebook is what boomers like me use lost in tackle. Uh, yeah, I definitely like, I, I am more about the rods than in the reels, but the reels are, they're solid. Um, I definitely have a relationship with Dobbins. Uh, I don't stunt. Uh, 
Yeah. That's, that's the thing, Gator, right? I'm looking for somebody that uh, is interested in outdoors fishing and has a knack for video editing that wants to grow with me, right? So uh, for Vixens, George, I like a 733, like 733 Fury or 733 Savvy. I have used Sunline Shooter. Uh, I like the 20... I, a, lot, a lot of times I use 22-pound shooter on my dock rod for jigs. I've got some of the 16, 18, and 22-pound shooter. It's good stuff. Wow. I still have a package of bacon that... I, I cooked up one... Actually, we cooked... We used one of your bacon... Right when we were there, I have not cooked up your other package of bacon yet, AJ. I need to do that. I have a preference for DaVinci Resolve. That's what I use, Boston Tackle. And that would be my preference so that if there are things that we need to work on back and forth, we're on the same platform, but I could be persuaded. Uh, yeah the fury or the sierra 733 i like that little bit longer rod for throwing spooks and vixens and walking baits and be able to really send it out there <clears throat> and the sierras have that little bit softer action and i fish my topwaters on braid so but you can also a little bit adjust with your drag if you if you like to throw braid like i do then having a little bit of give when you pull into them that can you can adjust that without uh you know you always don't have to do that with the rod action Yeah, the uh, the Caden, also a good option, for sure. I just haven't tried that rod, but I could see where that rod would be a good topwater rod as well. <clears throat> Being 7.1 probably makes it a good uh, option to go back. So I, I throw, like, my popper on the 7.03, and I like to throw the walking baits on a 7.33, but a 7.13 would fall right in between those. No, I made spaghetti for the family tonight, uh, Fish Brian. I have so many vixens. I have a whole box dedicated to vixens. <clears throat> How did you catch them? How did you and Aaron catch them in the Jude to get the last check, Brian? I haven't heard. We haven't talked. Do you have largemouth, smallmouth, sand, wing dams, topwaters, jerkbaits, sea rigs? Uh... For jerkbaits, for a long time, I really liked the 704 CB, not the glass version. But I have been finding myself drifting more to the 705 CB. Um, now, I had a crankbait on my 705 this week, so I was throwing the 704. So I fluctuate between the 704 and 705 CB um, champ rods. I have not tried the Fury 705 CV. I really want to because I feel like that probably is a 
pretty good rod for a lot less money. Um, Michael, my team partner, he bought that Caden 610-4 CB, and he said he really likes that as a jerkbait rod. <clears throat> and that's a pretty popular jerkbait rod, especially if you like that sub seven foot rod, which some people don't like a seven footer for jerkbaits. Um, I like to throw it on 12 pound big game is what I've been the last two seasons using my jerkbaits. Uh, current breaks, vixens, and swim jigs. Uh -huh. Spider is talking about fishing in Division Three next year, the Opens. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I've never... So when I bought my rods, my 704s are oh, 10 years plus old. So the Cadence didn't exist, and neither did the Sierras back then. So I've been rocking the the Champ XP704s and 705s for years. Um, I don't know. I, I, here's what happened. Uh, two and a half years ago, I put big game 12-pound. Actually, I put 15-pound on my 704 because I was using it for cranking on the Watchtower River around stumps, throwing square bills and flat sides and things like that. And I thought that would hold up to the stumps better. And if I was throwing fancy balsa crankbaits around stumps, mono would be more forgiving for getting those baits back in and to pop over, ride over stumps, things like that. Worked really well. I even put like mono on my uh, chatterbait rod and my spinnerbait rods and things like that because I knew I was going to be fishing super shallow, stumpy water in uh, the Watchtower River. Fast forward to... Last year's spring river tournament, I was too lazy to change my rod, change my line. So went to that tournament, threw jerk baits on 15-pound big game. We got second place. We caught all the fish on my rods. Fish Brian was there. <laughs> he picked up one of my rods with a rearrange on it with the 15-pound big game, just like me. And that's what we caught all our fish on. I've been doing it ever since. <clears throat> so cost effective um it's been working nick likes the 6104 for a jerk bait run um i i don't know for sure so i did this on a stream a while ago but this is an og vixen here and this is a gen 3 vixen here uh when these first came out I kind of did like a side-by-side -side comparison and looked at them. To me, these pass the smell test. I have caught fish on the Gen 3s. There's no obvious differences to me fishing them. I do think the Gen 3s are a very valid option. Uh, I mean, for whatever, if you get these for like 20, 25 bucks versus these that are going for hundreds, um, I, th I think your money is well spent with the Gen 3. Now, the Gen 2s that are in the middle there, they're a little different. But uh, the line tie, all the positionings, like the Gen 2 definitely is different than these, but these, the Gen 3 and the Gen 1 are pretty darn close. So I would endorse the Gen 3 as a, a, a contender and a good option. Nick just got a Gen 3 Vixen. 
definitely have caught fish on my Gen 3 Vix, and I like to throw them in practice a lot. Uh, I have a 684 CB. I use that for, like, my, uh, if I'm going to throw a uh, a 110 Junior style, a little bit smaller jerkbait, that'll throw those smaller jerkbaits a little better. For my full-size jerkbaits, I'll usually go to the 704. I have never used XT. I pretty much only have ever used Big Game, Chad. Can't speak to XT. I think mono, in good mono, is underrated. I think we've become a little floro-washed in our last two decades. Um, I've got a Dreamwalker as well. Depends. They're complete. I mean, they're both locking baits, but a vixen is loud and obnoxious and makes a huge ruckus. The Dreamwalker is very subtle. It's like a silent. The, it its action walking in the water is very much like a. Uh, what's the uh, the lucky crap? Sammy. It's like a silent Sammy. It's like a wood Sammy. The vixen is very much a loud plastic. You know, commotion driven. So they're, I mean, they're both locking baits, but they're, they can be very different. If you got a lot of pressured fish, calm conditions, you know, something like that, Dreamwalk can be really good. Um, if you need to call fish from a long ways, you've got aggressive fish, angry fish, the Vixen can be very good. Yeah, hopefully they're biting it, Nick. Good luck. Fish Brian says big game is way stronger than XT. I think big game is also like if you go 12-pound big game to XT, I think the uh, the caliper of big game is actually bigger. I haven't looked that up, but I think that's true. I have uh, I have some kick knockers. Yeah. Uh I think the big game holds up to like zebra mussels, things like that, rocks. Um and if you're in a position where you're slamming jerk baits into like rocks and stumps and things like that, I think the big game helps you like navigate that and get your bait back easier because it can lift that bait a little bit. I've heard good things about Yozuri. I haven't fished it. Yeah, I, I believe that's true as well, South Jersey. 12-pound <laughs> big game is probably like 15-pound XT. Tekle Kickknocker supposedly came on the same molds as the OG Vixens. <clears throat> that's my understanding. A 9,000 yard spool of XL. I have some really giant spools of old uh, Silver Thread and 40 that are just sitting in my basement. Yeah. 15 pound big game is beastly. That's what I throw most of my, my, my uh, bladed jigs, chatterbaits on. 
Good night, Mr. Spade. Good luck this weekend if you go fishing. Let's see, like, how big are the... Let me be right back. Oh, it doesn't have the label on it. Look at that. 30 pound silver thread and 40 in green. This is all, I mean, not necessarily 30 pound, but green and 40 is all I ever used back in the day. Then I have 14 pound. This is a 3,000 yard spool. But I've used this. This one's actually been used quite a bit. But any AN40 fans that really want some bulk AN40, let me know. But this is all me and Pops used to use for probably a decade was AN40. I heard Frank talking about it on BTL the other day saying this was his favorite line. Wet knot strength. New improved wet knot strength. 3,000 yards, 14 pound. I used to frog with 30 pound and 40. Well, you'd like hit them and you just feel that like rubber band like load up and all of a sudden the fish just pop up. Awesome. Gabe in the house. Yeah, yeah. DT out of prison. We just gave all the juicy tips about how to catch fish on your pools of the river, Dustin. You have to go back and watch the replay. Uh, the TBF semifinal, which was two weeks ago, I want to say we were uh, 38, 39 boats. Just Wisconsin and Minnesota. Iowa ended up going with Nebraska and South Dakota. They left our, our region. Don't let Bossman know you're watching from work, Dustin. Good luck, Darius. Yeah, I need to go to the office tomorrow. Missouri Hybrid is a good line. Hundred and eight, Illinois and Indiana. Hmm. Your TBF must be much bigger. Up here, the Bass Nation dominates the numbers. The TBFs are just much smaller up here. Nebraska Diamond. Did you fish that semis? AJ. Mr. Lewenberger. Are you still throwing all spinning rods, Jesse? Have you converted to start throwing bait casters? It's been a long time since we fished together. I remember, if I remember correctly, you and I fished pool nine out of Lansing when we used to mix the clubs up. And I had just found out what a swim jig was back then. And we just fished the eelgrass lines just south of Lansing. And we caught the uh the fire out of them 
them fish could not resist a white swim jig back, but this was like 20 plus years ago. Um, fall jerk bait, I guess anytime. Uh, <clears throat> I basically throw a Dobbin 704 CB or a 705 12 pound big game, and then Jackal Rearrange is my favorite jerk bait by far. I got one hit in practice on the Minnesota rig in uh, practice on the river. I should have thrown it in the tournament. I think Wyatt and Bart caught some fish on the on a rig. But uh, yeah, I should have thrown it more. I'll probably get out. I think uh, Aaron. Dream Team, Aaron Davis, and I go out with some. We're gonna do some late, late October, early November smallmouth on uh, Malax. We'll probably get the old Minnesota rig fired up for that. Hmm. Got a little spike in viewership. Now we're kind of cooling off here. All right, we're at ninety minutes. I feel like we've uh, exhausted the chat for the solo. I can only talk so much without a guest uh i've got a couple things lined up in the next few weeks i think we'll probably have kyle patrick on one of the guys that are in contention for the bassmaster eqs i told him i didn't want to uh bother him when he had uh the harris chain coming up so we'll touch base with him afterwards i've got a guy a biologist that i want to have on talking about alabama spotted bass and some of the ramifications of them getting spread with bucket biology uh, a few other guests and that kind of stuff um uh so those are some of the things we're working on. Yeah. Take care, Jesse. Thanks, everybody that showed up. If you missed the beginning, go back, catch the replay for the juicy tidbits, whether you're listening on uh, your MP3 podcast, Facebook, YouTube. Uh, always appreciate it. And uh, as always, here to help you guys catch more big bass and suck less. As always, thanks to all of you that hung in till the end of this podcast. This has been another episode of Hellabass Bass Fishing Podcast Experience. Please consider sharing this with any of your bass and buddies and friends. This is the best way for podcasts to grow is through word of mouth. Also, don't forget to search Hellabass on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, or just about anywhere else so that we can connect in more ways. As always, here to help you catch more bass and suck less.